hotels and buses. We pretty much uh, nailed Barcelona, it sounds like. Yeah, that was it. I got picked up. I went to the hotel, hung out, came home a few days later. Destroyed the mini bar, game over. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what's a traditional Spanish liquor? I don't know, man, which is embarrassing because I'm at least a, a semi-professional drinker. supposed to be drinker. a liquor expert. Yeah. Uh, I had cervezas, Pete. Yeah, lots of cervezas from that mini bar. You thought you were Dom from Fast and the Furious? You're just oh, drinking Coronas? I had Don Julio. That's right. That's probably Spanish. Any tequila, you, you make a Don or a Don whatever. Yeah, with the worm. Have I talked about the worm recently? Dude, any liquor with a worm in it's pretty gross. And did we have this conversation in the last month or two? We didn't, right? No. I mentioned someone... I had a long weekend uh, a couple weeks ago, and I came in with like no voice to my, my gym job, and someone was like, wow, did you... Oh, it was after my birthday. That's right. So I was like, did you go pretty hard for your birthday? I was like, oh, yeah. I had like, you know, a quarter tequila last night, and I drank the worm. And somebody looked at me like I was crazy. Like, you drank the what? I was like, the worm. I drank the worm. And I could tell they had no idea what I meant. And I was like, yeah, because that's a thing. There's a worm in them. And she didn't believe me. And then another trainer came up, and then they both didn't believe me. And then I had to start grabbing random members and be like, tell them about the worm. And tell them I'm not weird and this is a thing. And they're like, well, yeah, of course it's an actual thing. So we had a conversation about the worm. However, now I'll admit, I thought there was a worm in most tequila. There's not. No, it's usually cheap stuff or really cheap mezcal. There you go. Yeah, there's apparently a difference. And you can get really cheap mezcal and really cheap tequila or really expensive mezcal or really expensive tequila. But the worm... Is universally just in the crappy variants of both of those. Yeah. And I because I, I looked it up later, I was like, well, I have to show you people what I mean now. And then, yeah, it's totally a mezcal thing. But as far as I'm concerned, it's crappy Mexican tequila with a worm. So That's a fair There's a good worm conversation here. None of the tequila that you had over there had worms in it, though. That is fact, right? My mini bar. I mean, well, the hotel in T-Base probably wouldn't have had tequila with a worm. They would have been better than that. You'd like to think so. But I would have liked to have stayed at a hostel that had nothing but crappy mezcal. Crusty sheets and uh, wormed mezcal. You know how much mezcal with a worm I can afford if I stay at a hostel instead of a hotel, Pete? So much. An extra $80 a night worth of mezcal. I forget what alcohol. There's a spot in Alaska, uh, somewhere on the Yukon, where there's a dead man's toe in this bottle. And so you're supposed to put the toe in the shot and you drink the shot, get the toe in your mouth. And you put it back in for everyone else to enjoy? Correct. I take it that the idea is that the liquor has preserved the toe? God, I hope so. But it really is a deceased person's toe. And every now and again, people accidentally swallow it. And they have Ugh. to get a new toe. From who? I don't know. I, do, I, I bet that's something that people like, oh, I remember that time I was in the Yukon. You know, when I die, in my will, I'm going to send my send toe my to toe. whatever. And they just keep a couple toes on ice. It has to be somebody close enough where you can take the toe off right after their death. Dry ice is a beautiful thing. So you can't send my toe from Indianapolis to Anchorage. Sure you can. Yeah, that would be disgusting by the time I got there. Are you going to put it right in booze? Are you going to put a different type of booze when I'm here in Indy and then mail it there and then switch the booze? I really think you flash freeze it. And then when it arrives, oh, okay. you put it in booze. Or yeah, what you know? I tell you what, keep it, keep Jake in the freezer. We'll send the bottle of alcohol. Just drop his toe in there to keep it preserved and mail us the booze bottle back. That sounds okay. It sounds legitimate. I could see that happening. Jake has two bottles of really cheap mezcal that he got in Spain that he wants his toe in. 
I think if you say it on this podcast, if you're like, you know, I, Jake, uh, Lord's name, oh, wait. do will my toes too. Is is it only the big toe? Yes. Or is it any toe? Big toe. Okay, so I can only give two. It's true. I can't give, I can't pay forward 10. One to whatever liquor bottle and the second to whatever chick you marry, she has to wear it around her neck. Oh, that'd disgusting. be kind of cool. That's like vampire stuff. You know, there's people that wear little vials of other people's blood. Yeah. That's kind of weird. It's almost as weird as the toe. Somebody thought about it too. She have to put something in there to keep it from coagulating and keep it airtight. Oh, all these other things. Otherwise you just have a scab in your necklace. That's not what they're going for. Makes sense. I wonder what they put in there. Maybe it's dead man toe tequila. Mezcal. Yeah. Should we continue this line of conversation or change? I mean, it's up to you, homie. Yeah, because I could see if it's like, hey, I want this drink tonight, but I'm in Alaska, but I didn't have quite enough money. So I got someone's pinky toe. <laughs> yeah, You're a baller when you get the big toe, but yeah. until you can afford it, it's pinky toe. It's like wrapper stuff, right? Like I can't afford platinum. So now I'm just going to go with gold or silver. Speaking of which, how's that Branson treating you? Oh, it's pretty nice. I haven't. I mean, I'm not going to dare drink 50 cents cognac yet. If it was the first drink I ever had in my life, I think that's acceptable. 50 cents cognac. As soon as Chris delivers that contract, you guys, uh, what's that word? Christen it with some Branson. Pop the bottle of 50s cognac. Hey, you know what? Maybe if, if Chris legitimately calls me himself and has Tony Khan facts over a contract, maybe I will pop open my bottle of Branson. Very specific criteria. I respect it. You can't. You can't just whore yourself Very out. specific criteria. I'm not about to go back on everything I've lived my life for, for anything less than this, less than greatness. I got to be a three-year deal too. What's standard? With AEW, I don't know. Probably three because they've been around two years and I hear there's a lot of contract expirations coming up. It's the NBA. You keep getting 10-day contracts. You're the Lance Stevenson of AEW. I recently heard about 10 days. Did we talk about it or did Blake and I talk about 10 days? We talked about it a little bit and I just saw a couple days ago, Lance got signed to yet another 10 day deal. He's been with the Pacers for like a month now. Crazy. Just get the man a contract. Right. What's the most it's going to cost you? I think the league minimum is like a half million dollars. You know, also it makes sense now that Chance the Rapper's mixtape was 10 day, right? Was that because of a 10 day contract? I'd imagine it has to be. I wonder if Chance balls. I would assume chance balls, but I don't know. Why would you assume that? I mean, he's from Chicago. Probably a Bulls fan. Nice. They used to win a lot. Well done. Saved. Yeah. Not racist. <laughs> Until you put that qualifier on it. <laughs> Until now, I said it. Now there's questions. Yeah. Nope. Just fair assumption. You, well, you can't be because you were in Spain. You know, you're hanging out with people yeah, with out with a darker complexion man. than you. Yeah. See, like, yeah, I was hanging out with all of them multicultural yeah <laughs> drinking mezcal with the homies yeah uh, you know also i'd heard back in the day when i was in college that or not college high school that they would say oh yeah by the way spanish spanish is different than mexican spanish well you know what my mexican spanish it worked pretty well pete it was muy bueno i would say bueno obn uh oh i see i see i see i see maybe i see i see but it seemed well enough. Like it seemed like it sufficed. So you know, I thought I thought that was very interesting. You were able to get drunk and find companionship. What else did you need? You know how much mezcal I got? Ooh, con la worma. I don't think that's how they say worm. Doesn't matter. Yeah, con they'll la worma. Kn- they'll know what you mean enough to be like, yeah, we'll give you the cheapest crap we have and find a worm for you. Don't worry. Mezcal, con la worma, por favor. Uh, porque mi 
tengo, porque yo tengo uh, pesos pocos. You should Seth all that up. Poor favor, pantalones. I need the cheapest mezcal with a worm possible because I'm broke. Bien. Seems, seems fine. Also, fun fact. I, maybe I'm jumping ahead here. Anyway, let's get into the training, Pete. So I, I get to Barcelona because I'm famous from Japan, right? If you haven't listened to that, you got to listen to last episode. I get to Barcelona because I'm famous from Japan. The promoter knows who I am. He says, hey, you're a huge deal. Come and teach my people. They don't they don't know a lot about wrestling because it's wrestling's kind of new in Spain. That was very Moses of you. Come yeah. teach my people. Come and teach my people. I, that's what I want a promoter to say to me. Come and teach my people. I'm like, I will teach your people. Uh, the land I come from has many great professional wrestlers. And I'm the greatest. So I'm kidding. And he's terrible. So I go into Barcelona because of that. Uh, they put me up in a nice hotel, even though a cheap hostel would have sufficed. Uh, Jeffrey, the promoter, gives me a great first impression. He explains, hey, we're just a few blocks down the road. La Sagrada Familia is right there. Our building is right there. I'm like, okay, cool. I go check it out. That stuff's awesome. I want to say that was on Saturday night, Pete. Or was it Sunday night? It was Sunday night. Yep, that's right. The Lord's Day. The Lord's Day. Yeah, so I uh, I chill out. Um, honestly, dude, I don't remember what I did on Monday. What did I do on Monday? Slept off the hangover, probably. Yeah, lots of mezcal in that mini bar. Uh, the good stuff, but I didn't pay for it. Jeffrey did. Cash ahead of time. That would be another way to screw with the promoter. Put that on the list. Convince him to put you up in a hotel, one nice enough for the mini bar, and then clean out the mini bar. You, so many promoters have done that throughout the years that that's they've screwed over guys like me who wouldn't do that. That's probably why cash up front's a thing. Look, I just needed Toblerones and some Jack and Coke, all right? I don't remember if they took my credit card on file for incidentals, but any place that takes your credit card on file for incidentals, you remember, they will charge you for it. If there's a towel that disappears that you didn't even steal, you're paying for that. That's why they started listing the prices on robes. Much fewer, yeah, fewer people run off with the robes now. Ooh, that's smart. I don't know if I've ever, no, 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 wait, I did stay at a hotel in Japan one time where they did have a robe, but I think it's the only time I've stayed at a hotel that had a robe. One day you'll ball out. One day you'll move up to big toe status. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I think I guess I chilled out for a day. I don't remember. Because on Monday, they don't train. It's like the only day they don't really train. So I, I did some stuff, I guess. I guess I went and saw Barcelona that day. I don't remember that day. Oh, no, I do. I did. I took a tour, didn't I? Yeah, I took a tour that day. And I want to say it was a very peculiar Englishman. I think his name may have been Philip. As in British or American English? Uh, British. Yeah, British. And he talked about he came to Barcelona a long time ago and he loved it so much. And eventually he moved to Barcelona and he became a tour guide. And he was also an actor. And I have to be honest, Pete, I don't think he was a very good tour guide. He was kind of an interesting guy. He told some funny stories, but he didn't give a ton of depth on the places we saw. Like he'd give a little bit of depth and then he would scoot us ahead and this is going to sound dumb, but he never stopped at any point or like staged us in an area where people could take pictures. And that's a big thing if someone's on a tour, right? How else are people going to know you're there unless you snap some photos? Well, and even if it's just for you and not Instagram, which most of my photos are for me, they're a little bit of a flex for the gram, right? I post one or two photos, but you'd think that he would naturally be like, okay, I'm going to give you guys 60 seconds to take some photos. No. And then he walked us like awkwardly close to all the buildings. So you couldn't even try to get a photo if you wanted. And then he would just keep walking us around and would go down an alley and like, Oh, this is kind of interesting. 
No dudes in hard hats uh, and storm grates? No. No, none of that. Where was that one at? Uh, it was in um, Bratislava. Bratislava, Slovakia. Yep, creepy statue guys coming up from underneath to look under the dresses of women. Yeah, you guys can look that episode up. I don't know the name of it. But they keep it classy in Barcelona. No dudes yeah. looking up skirt. Nope, none of that. At least not like <laughs> that, obviously. Not on your subpar tour. What was the name of that episode, by the way? Huh. It was a while ago, Pete. Uh, fall of 2019. So one of our super fans, of which there are many, feel free to comment below. We'll give you a call out on our next episode. If somebody does comment the appropriate episode. That would be really nice. You know, and since I went to Slovakia several years ago, I've been trying to get to the Czech Republic. Before this trip, I sent a message to a company in the Czech Republic, and we have been in conversations about me going over there. At the time, it just didn't work out. However, I'm very optimistic that at some point I'll get to go to the Czech Republic, which is no longer called that. It's Czechia now. But either way, I want to go to Prague. Here they still make great vacuums. Do they? Yeah. Great vacuums come from that area of the world. Why? I have no idea. Huh. Weird export. Bob Dyson grew up there. I actually don't think that's the case. But yeah, a lot of people sought vacuums from that area. Like how uh, Kazakhstan is the world's number one exporter of potassium? Yeah. I guess. According to Borat. He never told a lie. Yeah. So I uh, I did a tour that day. Monday, right? I had some fun. I did some other stuff. I probably ate some food. That was cool. Like I ate a lot of food. There's also some, re- some really cool things I learned. So Barcelona and a lot of Spain in general is uh, in the area of Spain called Catalonia, right? The historical district like area. So a lot of people still look at their Catalan heritage as a big thing. And the tour guide pretty much was like, yeah, that's a little bit dumb because of the way they look at it and all the stuff that happened historically. And not a lot of people still have that heritage, but it is what it is. And I also found out that during every FC Barcelona game, I'm trying to think of the specific time, but there's a specific time. I want to say it was like 1704 or whatever in the game, every single game, everyone in the crowd will stand up and sing the Catalan national anthem. So if you're watching the game, you will notice that in the background at some point, even though the commentators might be trying to no sell it and not act like it's happening. He said they'll just erupt as if a goal was scored and then they'll sing. I thought that was super interesting. Every game. Yeah, it's way too political. But national pride, I think, can be a fun thing. It just is kind of a bad thing where we're at, which is lame. But it's it's cool that like they're proud of the, the country, even in a soccer game. Just, hey, nationally. Well, Catalan heritage goes back thousands and thousands of years. American heritage doesn't. We're it, real new. Bro, we're like, we're like cool though. We're like, we're trendsetters. We're new. But, but people want to be like us, you know, get fat, live in excess. That's us. That's what we do. That's who we are, man. Yeah, that's the dream. All the Europeans I meet talk about how much they would just love to be an American. About how they want to get real fat yeah. and have so much stuff. They're like, oh, McDonald's number one. There's McDonald's everywhere. It still bugs me the people who are, who really, really hate McDonald's. Oh, I hate it. Like, why? Ugh, it just tastes bad. Blah, blah. Dude, McDonald's tastes like McDonald's. Yeah, it doesn't taste bad. It tastes like fast food. Right. You know what you're getting. Yeah, it's fine. They have I, coffee now. I hate Walmart. Man, no, you don't. You know what Walmart is. You just hate the idea of Walmart. There you go. You hate the idea of Walmart. It's like how I don't love coffee. I drink the idea of coffee. Yes. Have we had this conversation? Yes. Yeah, I drink the idea of coffee. Anyway. So I chill out. I have a fun Monday uh, exploring Barcelona, which is a beautiful city, by the way. And I learned a lot of cool stuff. It was great. Not a lot of great pictures, though. I had two days, three days later when I had another free day. Then I had to walk around and go the places that I went before. 
and take photos. By the way, there's a sweet coffee shop called Satan Coffee Shop. Satan, S-A-T-A-N? Yeah, and it's legit devil-themed. That's interesting, because Spain in general is a very Catholic place. Very Catholic. Yeah, so Satan's Coffee. I think there were actually two locations in Barcelona. Yeah, Satan's Coffee was a thing. I almost went back later, and actually they're known for having one of the best brews of coffee in Barcelona. It is like a top three establishment. Is it hot as hell? Hell yeah. I don't know what temperature exactly. You'd probably know. It depends on uh, where the bean came from, honestly. But you talking about Satan coffee? Does it make you a disciple of Satan? I didn't go. Not even once? sin free. No, I ended up going to a different coffee shop, though. It was... um, uh, I'm going to look it up here in a second. It was like unknown coffee or something like that. I'll have an equally cool name. How did you even hear about it? Yeah, I, I don't even know, but I found it and it was dope. So that was pretty cool. Well, I'm going to I'm going to continue talking. I'm going to continue that this part of my story, but I have to look up the name right now. I don't think you have that kind of multitasking ability, but we'll find out. I have great multitasking ability. You do, too. You have great multitasking ability, dog. Is that you trying to pass while you type to the typey type? No, no, not at all. Give me a minute, man. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, Tuesday. What we decided on was I was going to have two training sessions on two different days so different people could make the training session. We'd have a noon to two and then a five to seven. I believe those were the right times. So next day comes around. I go ahead, uh, throw on a backpack. I walk over to the, the building. It's a beautiful day. It was like 70, 75 all day, every day there, which was fantastic. You can't complain about that weather, right? Especially right now. It's 12 degrees outside. Must be why you've got such a great tan. He doesn't. He's white as I'm, I'm, well, that's why I actually tan. Like I go to a tanning bed so I don't look this terrible anymore. I thought that you, that's why you traveled out of the country so often. It's like, oh, I'm starting to look a little albino. I'm going to have to go to, could have to go to Spain for a few weeks, bronze up, be back later. I would love to. Oh, I, side note, we'll go back to that in a second. It was legitimately the first time I'd ever been to a place that was kind of tropical ish and had a tropical beach. I did go to the beach in Barcelona. But that's a story for uh, when I get there in a few minutes. Yeah, you got to lead up to that with how you called Hino, I'm sure. And you guys beached together because you would never disrespect your boy I would never by beach beaching without alone. Hino. Yeah, I would never beach without Hino. I, yeah, I felt terrible about it. <laughs> I hope every time you go to a beach, you have to have something. The equivalent of pouring some out for Hino. Just some activity. Drop to a knee. Genuflex. Love you, Hino. Well, he loved huge beers, so it only makes sense that I I pour out a little of a huge beer for him. Just the whole thing. Walk <laughs> up to some vendor, grab, yeah, you have like a 20-ounce beer, crack it open and just stand in front of him, dump the whole thing out. What the hell? I had to pour out a little for Hino. And Hino's a big gorilla, a big beach gorilla. It was only a, a, a drop in the bucket for what Hino would have drank if he was there in person. Literal drop in the bucket. Uh, I almost found it. <laughs> So anyway, uh, I go and, uh, oh, wait, here it is. Boom. Hidden Cafe BCN. That was it. Hidden Cafe. Simple enough. Hidden. And it was kind of hidden. Was it like a speakeasy? You had to go through a back alley, knock three times on the door, have a passcode, you know, for entry. Uh, It wasn't that cool. It was easy enough to get into and out of. The people weren't very cordial, though which was kind of a bummer. I was hoping they would be a lot nicer. Is the Midwest hospitality thing true? 
Do you think that you view others as not very cordial because in our neck of the woods, we're kind of known for being more cordial than others? I don't know. I've traveled around the States and I've traveled on Europe and everything enough where sometimes I just go places I'm like, man, everyone's so nice here. But then there's other places I'm like, oh, people are not nice here. But I do think Midwestern hospitality is legitimate. Barcelona as a place, nice or not so nice? Like people and their outgoingness. Probably in general, a little less hospitable than here. But all the people I dealt with at Lucha Libre Barcelona were great. But I was there to help them with a very specific thing. And I was brought in as a specialist to get them all laid. I, I could dude. pro being a good pro wrestler has gotten a lot of people laid, Pete. So I'm not going to say that I haven't directly gotten people laid in the last few months. I probably got the promoter so laid. His girlfriend was, was on one of the students after I left. She was probably like, you know what? It was such a good thing of you to bring him in and for liking the wrestling business so much and loving it and bringing him in. I'm going to do whatever you need and do what it takes to show my appreciation. She said it in Spanish though, because she didn't speak English. None English. I think Puela was her name. Paula, but it's like P-U-I-L-A, Puela. She was very sweet. She was very athletic. And she had some injury, which I didn't understand what injury she had. I think the hip. And uh, she did a lot of the drills really well, like a champ. A lot better than some of the kids at the training place I go to. Or that chick who had to sit out of your first WWE tryout. God. God. Oh, yeah. And so Several people didn't cowardy crap to get out of my WWE tryouts, dog. Don't even start it. Give me start on that. So... I go, I walk over, uh, I go to coach my first training session and for the four sessions, man, I had five to nine people every training session and it did change up a little bit. There's some people that couldn't make it, some people that did make it. So uh, over the course of two days, I had, you know, 12 to 14 different students, uh, maybe more. And, you know, they all did their thing. It was like 20 bucks or whatever, I think for like sessions to pop in with me. And that explains the Barcelona COVID outbreak. That was directly you, wasn't it? Yeah, we were. I, I was a spreader event. Not quite a super spreader, but if you'd given me the opportunity, I would have been. We uh, had some great train sessions. All the kids were awesome. Now, I did think that I was going to be able to talk about the psychology behind wrestling a little bit more. But then I, I quickly realized half the people here don't speak any English. So I had to get creative with it, man. I had to go more physical a lot more drills, a lot more things like that, footwork stuff, positioning, um, which was all great. But I planned on doing half speaking and then half in the ring and physical. Uh, but yeah, I could tell they don't understand what I'm saying. You ever seen Little Giants? Yeah. Football is, uh, what do they say, 80% physical, 40% mental? <laughs> I love that. I could, you could say that about wrestling too. I, I don't remember that movie that well, but I do love that. Well, don't say that in front of Russ Jones. You'd only confuse him, and then he'd be angry. Hey, <laughs> no judgment. I coached on Tuesday, and at the end of one of the training sessions, I was talking with Jeffrey, the promoter. I told Jeffrey, I was like, hey, man, uh, you know, I brought my gear. You know, I wrestled in Finland. If you would want to gear up, you and I could have a match. You could film it, throw it on YouTube, and you could send it to other promoters and help get yourself booked because Jeffrey's a young guy trying to get professional wrestling shows too and further his career. So I thought, Hey, I can have a match with Jeffrey. I can go way out of my way to make Jeffrey look awesome. And that might help him get booked. And there's a handful of guys in Europe over the last few years. I've had great matches with, and those matches help those guys get booked in Europe. So I was like, at least I can do. He was like, Oh, you do that? I'm like, yeah, sure. 
He's like, well, how much do you want? I was like, well, hey, man, I'm here. You're already paying me. I, I'll just throw it in. You know, a 10 minute match is not not a big deal to me. And he's like, oh, well, thank you so much, man. Okay. He disappeared and he came back 10, 20 minutes later. Quick turnaround here. He's like, hey, uh, yeah, so on Friday, we will have a student show. We'll have, you know, three, four matches uh, Friday night, 7 p.m. I'm like, uh, oh, okay. Was your generosity just taken advantage of? Is that what happened? I don't know, but I meant like, hey, we have, you know, at a training, one of the training sessions agreed upon, I'll just have like a 10 minute match with you and we'll film it and their students can be the crowd because the way the building is set up, uh, you could put a camera right in front of the ring. Uh, the ring looks nice. In the background, they have big Lucha Libre Barcelona logo on the wall. It looks very professional. The building doesn't look beaten up. It's kind of a beat up building because it's a historic downtown building like we were talking about last week. But with the way we could stage it, you wouldn't know if there's any fans or if there's a thousand fans as long as it was noisy. And yeah, so I was like, oh man, I didn't say anything about you should have a show. But they also told me that the COVID restrictions were a maximum of 50 people in a room, the same restrictions that Helsinki had. So they'd had a few shows they were going to run and they had to cancel them or figure out a way to have less fans. So I was like, oh, well, okay. And at first I was a little disappointed because I had Thursday and Friday free and I was going to fly out on Saturday I was like, oh, well, that kind of takes up my Friday afternoon and evening, but it ended up working out great. So I do my sessions on Tuesday. I do both my sessions on Wednesday. That was a blast. And uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter what I taught them because no one here listening is going to really know. Omen plows all around. They yeah, all know the omen. plow. The, they know the omen plow now. The omen plow, but I didn't show them the shining wizard. That's a sacred move to me. That's my move. You don't take my move. So that was all cool. Um, and I, you know, I, I kind of asked him for some stuff to do and this and that, you know, one thing I will say I thought was kind of interesting is, and no, I think they just didn't want to go out of their way at any point to bug me. A little part of me thought that they, more of these people be like, Hey, do you, do you want to hang out? Hey, do you want to hit the gym? Hey, do you want to grab food? But I think they were trying to be so respectful that they didn't No GTL Yeah, no gym tan or laundry. And I was just thinking, Oh, well, okay. That's, that's a little weird. But I would I would have liked to have gone out a little more. <laughs> Eventually, though, the promoter did say, hey, after the show Friday night, we'll go out to dinner, traditional Spanish food. I was like, oh, OK, great. Cool. Now, I did go a couple other places looking for traditional Spanish food and getting uh, traditional Spanish food uh, and like um, uh, tapas, you know, which is the thing you go everywhere to get, which could be several variations of the same thing. What if it traditional is actually pig snout and other gross things You're like, oh, Really, I thought I thought it was going to be some form of like rice and bean and meat, not fried pig snout on a stick. Like, what the hell? In Japan, there were a few th- times where I was like, oh, man, oh, I didn't realize I was about to eat monkey brain. Like they said it was something else. I'm like, oh, it's monkey brain. That's a brain. <laughs> I can tell because I, I see the skull of the monkey. What the hell? Yeah, I, I can see the actual brain. And it's a very small skull. It's a limited amount of mammals. But hey, I would have tried it. I tried traditional whatever. I'll get into my Romanian food traditional stuff here later. Uh, but yeah, it was, I was like, okay, cool. So I top us, which was just like potatoes with weird mayonnaise and stuff like that. It was, all, it was great though. So I go ahead. I'm like, I'll do that, whatever. And one other thing I thought was really cool, which I really appreciated was that they brought in a photographer and a videographer for a couple of the training sessions. And I don't know if the dude was cutting them a deal or if they worked out, uh, some type of financial thing or trade off for training or whatever. 
But a professional photographer named Manuel came in. He took a bunch of great photos of our training session. He took some videos of our training session, which I thought was real cool. So you can even go to my Instagram at Jacob 2012 and find some of those awesome pictures. And I'll post some more later. Actually, my profile picture now is me giving a headlock takeover to one of the Spanish guys, right? Which was, was really dope. Jake being cool to minorities. Yeah, not racist. I love Spanish people. I love Mexicans, too. Because <laughs> we know now they're not the same. They're different. But not different in a bad way. They're different. unique. <laughs> yeah, different. Which isn't bad. I'm also different. Two chains, also different. Why two chains? You know, he's got a song called I'm Different. <laughs> oh, I did not know. That's all he says in it. I'm different. Yeah, I'm different. I'm different. Well, a dude I know comes out of the song. <laughs> he's different. Two Chains has always been a great lyricist. I don't think there's any debate there. Yeah, the name of his song is the line he says 80% of the song. Name a Two Chains song. If you can say one line from it, that's probably the title of the song. That's probably fair. I don't remember the last time Two Chains was relevant, though. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's either way, it's it's not great. He's no stitches. No, either way, it's not great. Uh, anyway. So we do all that kind of stuff. Now I met some really awesome people at this stuff. Uh, one of their dudes, their champion, Ricky Barcelo. At one point, he came and he trained with us, and he was real cool. Uh, there was another dude from Chile, Anarco Montaña. I never caught his actual name, but to me, he's an Arco. And uh, that dude was awesome. He was really talented. He's also he used to do all these like messed up death matches in Chile, which I have some some weird respect for. Um, covered in tattoos, wears you know mask. He was one of my favorite dudes to train with there. I actually was hoping to work with him if I didn't end up working with Jeffrey. So on the student show, Jeffrey actually didn't put me against him. He put me against someone else, which I also thought was interesting. You're not establishment enough to work with Anarcho. I'm, I'm not. I haven't proven myself as far as South America goes. I was trying to, Pete. I, was, I had my flight to Chile booked last year, and COVID stopped it. I also remember when the world shut down in March that I thought, that when June 6th came around, maybe I was actually going to be able to fly to South America. I thought, you know what? Maybe your restrictions will be let up by then. You thought wrong. I thought way wrong, Pete. That was a year and a half ago. That was 18 months ago. The world hasn't resumed yet. I was so pissed, though. I got a $100 flight to Chile, $106.70 flight to Chile, and nothing. Cost more than that to go anywhere, except maybe Vegas. But I think we've had that. Talk. I can't. That fly was to, so cheap. I don't know if I can fly to Chicago for less than one hundred and seven dollars round trip. Probably not. No. No. The nuts. And I got a flight to South America for that much, and then COVID ruined it. Ruined it. God hates you, man. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, a little bit. You know, and actually, Pete, uh, I believe that we have to conclude part two of España today. Oh man, we're going three deep on this one. We, we got to go three deep, man. I respect it. This is the way it works. Team, thank you for joining us uh, once again. Uh, Pete is at Multimedia Hustle. I'm at Jay Coleman 2012. Uh, obviously, we're at Off the Cliff Pod, and uh, we will catch you next week.